Day. And welcome to Back Chat this morning uh, with me, Jim Gould, and your co-host, uh, James uh, Ockenden. And you may have heard uh, on COVID updates uh, before the news, we were looking at uh, the latest figures uh, uh, with the pandemic. And now we're going to talk about the offer of assistance uh, for people who've lost their jobs uh, in the current wave. Uh, the government's planning to provide uh, a $10,000 cash subsidy to people who've... Uh, uh, become uh, unemployed and at the same time it's going to change the law to allow employers to lay off staff who refuse to be vaccinated um, uh, and uh, firing workers because of lockdowns or quarantine will be deemed uh, unreasonable dismissal so um, some protection there for employees. Um, we're joined on the line by uh, Vera Yoon, a lecturer at the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong, and also Anthony Wong, a business director with the Hong Kong Council of Social Service. Um, Anthony Wong, perhaps if we could ask you first, uh, good morning to you. Good morning. So this $10,000 subsidy, um, is, is that, how much of a help is that going to be, and is it enough? I think, I think it's a temporary measure. I mm. think it is, uh, uh, of course, it's uh, quite uh, good for... Uh, a lot of people who are unemployed. Uh, I still remember that last time when we had a very high unemployment rate, we've been uh, advocating or recommending that uh, the government should set up some kind of a short-term uh, unemployment uh, cash allowance. And at that time, we were recommending that, like, uh, for those who are, who are unemployed, uh, we may uh, consider to give them, like, a double of the working family allowance for six months, which is about uh, uh, 5,600 per month for a household free person. But now as a one-off measure uh, to give this household or person uh, uh, $10,000 uh, one-off, I think this is uh, already uh, quite good as a temporary measure. But of course, we have to estimate uh, or to, uh, to see uh, how long this unemployment situation will last, uh, because last time uh, it lasts uh, more than half a year. So maybe this one of uh, $10,000 may not be able to sustain their uh, everyday life uh, for a very long time. So we may have to consider whether we should give them more uh, after this phase. And then, of course, I said uh, uh, we should uh, consider whether we should establish some kind of a more institutionalized kind of uh, a mechanism to render this unemployment assistance to people who are in need. How many people are on this working family allowance and how many are sort of claiming un unemployment under CSSA? Uh, 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 I don't have the figures at hand, but uh, roughly speaking, uh, I've... Uh, a lot of people understand that uh, for those people who are eligible for unemployment, uh, working family allowance, uh, uh, not many, not uh, not a very big proportion of people are applying for that. Uh, according to our recent survey uh, on the uh, people living in subdivided units, we found that uh, among all the uh, respondents, which is uh, 1,300 respondents, uh, all of 50% of these respondents, uh, who they are el eligible, uh, but uh, they uh, have not uh, applied for uh, CSSA. 
or working family allowance, even though they are eligible. And that is to say, a lot of people, they have not, uh, particularly those people who are living in the grassroots, uh, they are not informed of this kind of assistance. And uh, for those who are informed, maybe they consider that there's a lot of stigmatization that they would not consider to apply for it. But this time, with this unemployment short-term cash assistance, the first things that the government have to consider is the how to promote it so that more people can be more informed. Uh, because this is an employment allowance, I think the stigmatization effect has uh, sort of been taken away. And it only applies to people who've lost their job in the current uh, wave of the coronavirus, doesn't it? I, I mean, it, is that fair? I mean, how, how about how about the people who've been made uh, unemployed uh, earlier? Yeah, this is uh, this is something that uh, we uh, also uh, quite concerned with. Uh, let's talk about like our survey. We survey people in uh, in the last half second half year of last year, and 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 we found that uh, they. Uh, about 20% of people are unemployed during that period. So for those people who are uh, at the grassroots, I think uh, even though they, I, I would say that maybe starting from last year, they've been unemployed. And as the economy was picking up, I mean, there was to be a better chance for them to get an unemployment. But now uh, suddenly we have this uh, outbreak and they would lose a, a better chance to get the job. I think the government should also consider whether we should, you know, uh, cover these people who are really living in a very um, you know, difficult situation. Um, Vera Yoon, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. So, so these changes that, to the law that are being proposed uh, uh, to allow employers to essentially lay off staff who refuse to be vaccinated uh, and at the same time um, making it so that uh, it will be deemed unreasonable dismissal if workers uh, are dismissed because of lockdowns or quarantine. Um, wh what do you think about um, that? I mean, does, does that offer enough protection for the workforce? Well, first, I want to supplement information concerning CSSA. Um, at the end of December of 2021, there were 18,000 and about 500 cases of unemployment uh, case under the CSSA. And for working family, I'm not um, quite sure about that, but for them, each family, like each person who is working, is like they can get $1,000 per month. So $10,000 is actually a lot to them because anyway, in, in normal times, if they're eligible for um, working family, they they can only get a thousand per month, which means it's like ten months for them uh, concerning the allowance. Um, but Vera, looking at the uh, the personal loan guarantee scheme, which was a scheme to, to lend money to people who had you know lost income during COVID, there were around thirty five thousand applications for that, and the average loan size was about sixty nine thousand dollars. So that's kind of measure of how much people need, and they've got to pay that back. So presumably that's a sort of low figure. Um, people aren't sort of getting more than they need, presumably. 69,000 is how much they were applying for. That would seem to be a benchmark for how much people actually need during this crisis. But you're well, saying 10,000 is a lot of money. More money. I, I would say it's not sufficient if they lose all the income. It's just the existing welfare system doesn't give a lot to un the unemployed. And because there's no interest, so there's no harm to apply. So there's no people who say that, OK, they will apply anyway. 
and well, I think ten thousand dollars is reasonable, and it should be given to everybody in Hong Kong rather than just the unemployed, because we were so disturbed, and we are under mental and psychological stress because of all the COVID measures that people have to queue for six hours for PCR tests. Uh, people who fear that um, they will get ca- um, being caught that um, virus and then have their life disrupted um, during transportation or at work. We are facing all these um, inconvenience and also weariness every day. And I think because of the inappropriate COVID measures that we are facing, we all deserve to have these $10,000 rather than just the unemployed. And for your question concerning labor rights, I, I don't think it's um, moral to have such legislation mm. because this is human right um, to you know, choose whether you want to be vaccinated and like you can choose whether you want to take that risk for your own health. This is the most fundamental right, um, philosophically speaking. So shouldn't harm them with their living. Like if you think that providing subsidy to people who are unemployed is important, then why do you think you could at the same time take away their right to work? But how about if an employee is uh, working for a business where, which is uh, uh, facing the public and dealing with the public, and if the employee is not vaccinated, it's going to affect the, the, the functioning of that uh, business? I mean, um, um, don't we have to look at it from the employer's point of view as well? It affects the functioning because you think that being unvaccinated, unvaccinated is um, unacceptable. If you think it's acceptable, it does not affect the functioning. Well, it's not unacceptable. It's the government rules. Uh, for restaurants, for example, if they're unvaccinated, then they're bringing down the quota of vaccinated and it will be, you know, a different type of restaurant. So it's actually, you know, a hard and fast bureaucratic rule. It's not really, it's not stigma. Yes, I am actually not talking about um, whether it's legal. I'm talking about it tomorrow. Okay. Um, Anthony, what what do you think about Vera's suggestion that we don't give the 10,000 to the unemployed, but we give it to everyone? I mean, isn't that just going to increase the wealth gap, which is already pretty wide in Hong Kong? Uh, sorry, what... Uh, uh, sorry, what, what do you think about uh, Vera's suggestion that we don't give the $10,000 just to the unemployed, we give it to everyone? Do you think that's fair? Uh, give, it, give it to everyone. Uh, I think uh, we have to... Now, every time when the government released uh, uh, cash allowance to people, we think that we should be doing it in a very cautious way. I think that if uh, now uh, we uh, could identify those people who are really in need during the unemployment time, I think we should set up some some form of uh, a cash allowance or insurance system to uh, secure uh, the uh, basic income protection for people who are unemployed. And for those people who, I mean, a lot of people in, in town may not need uh, this extra money. So uh, I would rather think that the government should spend the rest of the money to, uh, to, to improve like uh, social services or education or healthcare system. Because now, right now we are facing this big outbreak. I mean, the healthcare system and of course the uh, social services like the elderly institutions, they are now being hard hit. So there is a lot of room for us to improve this kind of service. I 
a public revenue could be, uh, you know, invest in, in other important public services. How about the idea of 50% of the eligible people that you surveyed did not apply? I mean, is that because it's it's complicated? I guess applying for government money at some levels is, is always going to be complicated. complicated. Right. It is extremely complicated. I, would, I always joke with my colleagues that, I mean, in town, I think not many people, uh, except people who are really rendering the cash, uh, would be uh, totally informed about it complexity of the entire system like you have the standard rate you have different kind of uh, subsidies and allowance and supplements and all that i think a lot of people who are really living in the well uh, in our survey not just about cssa and the working family allowance we also ask people about their knowledge about social service even though we uh, about uh, 30 uh, uh, like 40% of people who said that they were in need of those kind of services. But mo- a majority of them, of these 40% of people, are actually uninformed about this kind of social service. I think uh, for people who are living in grassroots, uh, these kind of social welfare and uh, social services are actually uh, quite uninformed to people who are really desperately in need. So I think th- this is something that we should uh, we should, uh, you know, think about, uh, particularly this time now, uh, the government is uh, trying to hand, 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 hand out this uh, $10,000 to people we need. I think you have to spend more effort on identifying the people so that they could get the assistance. Uh, a question here from a listener. Uh, Anita says, if a person has been made unemployed, unemployed because that person has refused to be vaccinated, is that person still entitled to the uh, $10,000? Um, good question. Um, um, anybody know? <laughs> this is, uh, I think, yeah. uh, in terms of vaccination, I think we have, this is something new to us. I think, I, I don't know whether whether we have this uh, knowledge. I mean, in terms of uh, as you know, data or anything yeah. to uh, really make a yeah. judgment. I think it's going to be a, a very you know hard judgment, like what you're talking about. Uh, whether we should ask the employees to get vaccinated. I think for people, we will have to consider how we should balance the rights of the people. Or, uh, like, for example, in the elderly institution setting or in hospital or in school. Uh, I, I am aware that uh, quite many people, uh, uh, some countries are having this kind of uh, 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 requirement for people who are working in this kind of industry. Uh, but I think for Hong Kong, I think these are something new. I think we have to, the government have to be very careful to engage people yeah. uh, and to engage the sector to talk about how and whether we should do it and if we should do it, how we should do it. Yeah, this, yeah certainly we're stepping into new territory. This is a, a, an area we haven't been before in Hong Kong, at least in modern times. Yeah. Right. Um, and another, uh, um, another message from uh, listener Bob says, uh, how about support for the multiple freelancers who form the, the backbone of Hong Kong? I don't see any support for them. Um, um, Vera Yoon, um, is, does he have a point there about, uh, I mean, a lot of people are working for themselves, aren't they? Yeah, um, I think Carrie Lam has not thought through this whole subsidy thing for the unemployed, so it would take a few months for them to roll out. And then they are thinking of how to identify those people, uh, initially proposing using the MPS, 
And if these freelance people have made NPS, they would be eligible. The problem is if you don't, that means they may violate the law already. And which means their income has not been taxable for many years. So if you have not paid the tax, you're not um, eligible for the social insurance. I think that's fair. Because for, for example, many European countries, they have unemployment insurance that you need to contribute to it, like 20 months, 30 months working. And then when you're an employee, you're eligible for like three months or six months proportional to how much you have contributed. So those freelance people, if you have never paid any tax and if they owe the tax, I think it's fair that you don't get any help from the government. Really? That's so why I suggest everybody should receive $10,000. Right. So, you know, people who've been working sort of under the table for cash uh, or gig workers who might have you know, been working a little bit for cash in hand, you don't think they should get any support from government, even if they need oh, it? We, I think we should all get $10,000 without <laughs> trying to identify whosoever is being affected and employed because it's always imperfect. And then I think that $10,000... It's not only to help people in need, but it's to compensate all the hustle and all the, um, you know, all these measures. Um, it affects so many people. And for us, we lose all our means of entertainment. They close all the entertainment revenues and then uh, venues. And then all the items that give us enjoyment, they try to, uh, the price increases because of the international fight cause. Um, that has raised a lot, and then our vegetables become very expensive. I mean, everybody needs the money, and whether it's psychologically or materially, for what we have experienced. So I think is is, and then they have they claim that they are going to have uh, whatever deficit, but then suddenly they say, oh, because we have so uh, more land than we think, and then they have like one, uh, they have one hundred billion more than they that. It would have been. So I think they should distribute it, that kind of money. Well, we've got the Financial Secretary's uh, budget coming up on the 23rd of this month. I mean, w w would you expect to see something like that in the budget? I really don't know. Um, I think this is kind of um, political, too, because for doing this unemployment um, subsidy thing, it's more like it's close to the, the election. And then... Now, over the regime becomes more popular, so you also want to make yourself more popular um, what you've done um, over the few months. And then um, it's also about things, uh, her colleagues in the Legislative Council, who in the labor sector, who ask for welfare a lot of uh, many, many times. So I think it becomes a political decision whether they want to distribute um, subsidy to everybody um, for this budget. The, the time is very crucial. Mm. Well, um, the, the year before last, um, everybody received uh, ten thousand dollars, and then uh, and then last year it was uh, uh, five thousand in uh, electronic vouchers in in different batches. Uh, um, 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 Anthony Wong, did um, yeah. did. Did you find the uh, the electronic voucher system? Did that um, uh, cause a lot of problems for um, you know for people who the council of social service may represent? I mean, I, I think I think a lot of elderly people had uh, trouble with it, didn't they? Yeah, I think uh, whenever people, uh, whenever the government is handing out uh, assistance to this kind of electronic uh, system or voucher or this kind of thing, I think 
some people who are really, uh, you know, not uh, IT uh, literate will be, in one way or another, being excluded somehow. I think this is something that uh, we should also consider. I would say that, like, uh, uh, for the unemployment assistance, like we talk about this $10,000 or even more, I would rather see that uh, we try to be more generous and, and, and increase the coverage, uh, not just to uh, confine to the period after uh, the outbreak of the Omicron, but uh, also covering people who are really uh, I think they, a lot of people have been in that kind of unemployment situation for long, and I don't understand why we have to, you know, uh, you know, confine the coverage to people who are who are unemployed lately. And if we have extra resources, I I do think that for those people who are identified to be unemployed, uh, they should be given more money. Uh, because I can, I would see that, like in our survey, we find that uh, like 30% of our respondents who are unemployed, I mean, they would have to turn to their own uh, relatives or friends to uh, to borrow money for basic livelihood. I think this kind of situation uh, would deserve a lot of much more help and assistance from the from the government. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us uh, on the program this morning, uh, Anthony Wong. There, the business director of the Hong Kong Council of Social Service, and thanks also very much to Vera Yoon, lecturer at the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong. Um, uh, and just before we. Uh, get a, an update on the Beijing Winter Olympics. Um, a couple more emails here. Uh, this one from Martin says uh, currently there's lots of misinformation spreading about the testing arrangements in Discovery Bay. People simply ignore or don't read the related announcements before complaining. One of your correspondents earlier on today's programme mentioned that the government testing arrangement for Discovery Bay has a capacity of only 900 persons per day for a population of 20,000 which is not correct. The actual daily quotas are three and a half thousand tests for Discovery Bay Fire Station with a maximum of 12 counters plus at 1600 uh, tests for uh, SHK Waylon Primary School with maximum six counters total capacity for the two testing stations in Discovery Bay is uh, 25,500 tests in five days until Sunday attached is the related notice which is posted at every residential block and was sent to residents by email uh, thank you that from Martin um, uh, Karen writes, uh, people want to work hard, they don't want handouts, but until the government changes its zero policy, there will be more and more misery created. Give everyone 10,000 as compensation for having to put up with this appalling situation. And Simon says that the handouts should be given to those most in need. I completely disagree with your guest who said it should be given to everyone. Hong Kong already has one of the worst Gini coefficients in the world. Uh, have some empathy for those most vulnerable. Um, and I have uh, a few other emails as well. Lots of emails about the COVID situation. Um, if you sent one in which didn't get read out, I apologise for now. I'll try and read it out uh, tomorrow. It's a question for trying to keep up with the volume. Um, but thank you to everyone who wrote in. Um, now, wait for this. And we're joined by our sports reporter, Atom Zhang, for a roundup uh, of the Beijing Winter Olympics. Uh, and uh, Atom, I think... Uh, 
what are you starting with this, this morning? <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Let's start. How about we start with the freestyle skiing big air event again? I mean, a day after Guai Ling uh, won the women's competition, Norway's Burke Rood won the men's event after uh, turning in a pretty spectacular performance. He uh, he did a five and a half rotation uh, in his jump, and he pretty much nailed the gold medal with his first jump. And he was so confident that uh, for his final jump, he did something pretty special. He held uh, his country's flag uh, and did uh, the, the jump to uh, wrap up the event. So I thought it was a, a pretty uh, a special thing to do. So uh, his uh, victory has given Norway uh, four goals in total. They're one behind Germany in the table. Mm, Norway always do well, don't they? And, and, and a first gold for the United States this time around. That's right. And this is a story of redemption. Uh, Lindsay Jacobellis, uh, she is 36. She won gold in the women's snow, uh, snowboard cross in her fifth Olympics. Uh, back in 2006 in Turin, when she was... 20. She uh, had a huge lead in the final, but attempted an unnecessary move. I think she was just having so much fun at the time, and that she slipped in the end, and uh, her opponent uh, finished first, and she had to settle for silver. So it's taken her 16 years to get back to the podium and uh, win the gold that she had dropped uh, 16 Mm. years ago. Yeah. Great story. and uh, But uh, commiserations for Hong Kong's Audrey King. That's right, yeah. Audrey King uh, slid out in the uh, women's slalom event, but she wasn't the only one. 30 competitors in total slid out uh, in that slope, including uh, the uh, double Olympic champion, Michaela Schifrin. But uh, for Audrey King, it's difficult. I mean, she she had COVID uh, upon arriving in Beijing, and so she had to self-isolate. I don't think she wasn't allowed to train until uh, about six days ago. So this was tough for her. She said she really wanted to finish, but she gave it her best. And uh, now uh, she's going to cheer on her teammate, Adrian Young, the other Hong Kong skiing competitor. Uh, he gets his first action this weekend in the men's giant slalom. Oh, when's that? Oh, oh he's, he's going to be in action on a Sunday for the giant slalom. And he's also competing in a slalom as well. So he's competing in two events. And uh, looking ahead to today's action, we've got the uh, American uh, snowboarder Chloe Kim in action. Yeah, she's a big personality. Uh, she's going to try to defend her snowboard half pipe. Uh, four years ago, she became the youngest woman to win a snowboarding uh, Olympic gold when she was just 17. And she became an instant celebrity. She was the face of the PyeongChang Games really, especially with her Korean heritage. And uh, figure skating also? That's right. So uh, Nathan Chan of the United States has the lead going into the free skate. He's got a commanding lead over the defending champion, Yuzuru Hanyu. And uh, just for the figure skating fans out there, if Nathan Chan holds on to win 